Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Raley. Our scenario is entitled The Secret of Castor Negro, and it was written by Mark Pettigrew and Sandy Peterson. It's part of a collection entitled Ghastly Adventures and Erudite Lore. I'm your GM for this episode, and uh, this is episode seven. Our recap tonight is once again done by Ken Trench in his character of uh, Sam Steele. So without further delay, let's begin our journey into the darkness. Ken? Castro Negro had refused to give up its ghosts, tight lips on friendly bartenders and dead ends. Until I pestered a local town drunk and handyman, James Whitlock. He blabbered that night that people went missing all the time, strange rites at his shepherd's barn, and by burning fires and some thing that takes people away, he passed out. I decided to speak to him first thing in the morning. I put my head on the pillow that night, feeling a little drunk, not only with the local booze, but with all the details that don't add up. David Lane, still unaccounted for, Professor Godfrey, no sign, and worse still, Julius Lane, now missing, possibly murdered by these sons of bitches. I've had enough of this sick, silent place. I lay in my bed exhausted. Darkness took me. I'm in the woods, searching, a flickering light ahead, somewhere beyond the trees are clearing. As I move towards it through the trees, animal sounds screeching and roaring. I get goose flesh. There's a huge black stone ominous in the clearing. Those people know those things. Hair covered beasts moving and muttering and gibbering and screeching and roaring and dancing. Fear swallows me in its maws. God, they see me. Those green eyes running, running for my life, growling and screeching behind me. I wake to a sweat-soaked face and fear in my gut. I'm spooked. I want to get out of this godforsaken town. I'm going to make them cough up their bloody secrets before we get out. If we get out. What the hell was that nightmare? Those chattering, howling things dancing round a fire in manic reverie. The details sink into oblivion. I get up and freshen up. An early morning mist hangs over the town like some dream at the edge of our minds. The professors see I'm unshaven and shaken and I can't settle. I need to get a hold of that drunk James Whitlock. I go to his room and batter the door and eventually waken him up and ask him about the shepherd's barn. His face falls and goes pale panicked and he slams the door in my face. I batter the door again and kick it in. He has jumped out of the window and down into the streets. I follow him, jumping after him and running after him. But damn it to hell, I lose him in the streets. Just then I happen upon a handkerchief with JL embroidered on it. Only Julius would have a silk handkerchief like that. My heart sinks with the realization it belongs to Julius and with the sight of dried spots of blood. 
are they picking us off? Harlow shares some of his findings from the book he purchased about cannibalism. Frankly, I don't want to hear anymore. This town reeks of death and decay and long-kept secrets. Haston asks the innkeeper where the shepherd's barn is. He says it's an old abandoned homestead in the woods south of the town. We head down a winding road in the woods. I look back to the town and that recollection of the ancient figure of death back in the chapel comes immediately to my mind, pointing in our present direction. My fresh crawls like some portent of doom. Whether this town's doom or our own, I couldn't be sure. We follow the trail through the woods, finding a derelict homestead and a dilapidated barn. Haston notices the narrow, dying vegetation, twisted trees growing like in some kind of agony. I bust the barn padlock open, it seems empty, with hay damp on the ground and crates stacked ramshackle at the end. Then Haston finds it, a trap door under some of the crates. Hisney suggests tunnels from the town to the Diaz tomb like some warren of decay. We open the basement doors and move towards our fate, perhaps our doom, as a dying ember of hope thought of finding our friends, or the fear of finding their decayed tomb. Excellent, Ken. <laughs> All right, so you guys are standing over the trap door, and you're about to fling it open. Um, I would like before you open that that uh, uh, trap door. Uh, are you guys carrying weapons? Yep, yes. I got my uh, shotgun and my uh, pistol on me. Two pistols. Shotgun. Pin a knife. Okay. All right. So, was everybody here too? I I can't remember if um. Yeah. Um, yeah, they got they got me. I, okay. I I came in. You were back by the card, but you came back to join us, right? Right. They right. came came back to join you. Um, Tom. Yes. Yeah. Before uh, we go in, what I'm going to do <clears throat> is um, go out to um, go out to the uh, to the barn door where the chain was. Mm -hmm. Look for the lock that uh, Sam busted open. Okay. I'm gonna take the lock and put it in my pocket. I'm just going to kind of. Take the chain. I'm gonna close the doors and leave the chain hanging on one of the handles back there. Okay, the lock um, is actually pretty big, like about this big. So it's a big padlock. Okay, well, okay, well, I'll we'll take it and I'll hide it somewhere in the in the barn then. Okay, where it can't be seen. Um, the idea behind this is uh, that if anybody does come up here and um, they're not specifically looking for us, they might think that one of their group came down into the barn and have just. Uh, kind of left left things uh, uh open there that's why okay. i have the chain on the back and the door's closed okay and um i'm going to suggest to the guys um let's take these sides with us uh that way if uh somebody's coming in here uh they'll see that the size and the robes are gone thinking that uh some of their own went down there No, I, th I, th I think a couple of you mentioned maybe wearing these robes. You really think we should put those things yes, on? Yes, I think so. Hell yeah. I've got mine ready. Also, uh, how many of you know Spanish? 
Yeah, I can speak a bit of that. Okay, let's keep the conversation between me and you here and keep it uh, that way. Um, if we have to talk our way out of this or try to skulk around, we can um, make them think that we're one of the locals. I'm ready, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you found the one purple robe. It's actually black. Really? Looks purple to me. <laughs> Looks bright purple. Yeah, that's crazy. The force is the force. <laughs> Let's kill these suckers. I'm fed up with these townspeople, you know? <laughs> right. <clears throat> Come on. Um, so where did uh Fred go? He's putting on his robe, I guess. <laughs> okay. I'll let him put his robe on. <laughs> So what would it would be a Hogwarts robe, but what would have happened if this was a, a, a naked assembly? Does that mean we need to start stripping off? <laughs> as long as we stay in the background, I don't think it's going to be a problem. Oh, we thought, Fred, you were getting your robe. Oh. <laughs> Yay. It's, got, it's got the lock on it. It won't be much use down in the hole. <clears throat> bang, bang. All right. There you go. <laughs> Putting on the robe, grabbing one of the sides, handing another side to one of the other guys who's, I'm assuming, robing up. All right. As you reach for the, the trap door and you begin to lift, it's not particularly heavy. And there's big hinges on one side. But you're... Um, assaulted by a smell it's um there's definitely components of rot in there but the stronger smell is something like like burnt engine oil um it's sharp and it's nasty and uh you can hear this strange um flute uh, is definitely coming from down below. It's louder now than it was. And as you lift up the the um, the trapdoor, there's a small room just below. It's probably was once a root cellar. It's only about maybe seven feet by seven feet, you know, two me a little over two meters square. But one of the walls has a large opening in it. Um, and you can see there's a, uh, a, a, a dirt leading downwards into a, on an inclined ramp, sort of going down into something. Um, but you guys are all still outside. Um, there's definitely uh, evidence of lots of footprints and uh, and things down below. You could easily climb down. There's a ladder, um, but it's literally, it's only about seven feet below you. Um, it's not that deep. Um, the footprints that you can see in the dirt on the floor are a mixture of human footprints, um, 
something like human footprints and uh, boot and shoe prints, including possibly one with a cross-shaped heel. Um, you're all still standing above. What do you want to do? Does anything look like tell, it? You can tell that that flute playing is coming from somewhere down in the tunnel. In addition to the boot prints or in the footprints, does it look like anything has been dragged through there? Possibly. Okay. Um, if it was once a root cellar, there are no longer any shelves on the walls. There's nothing in here. It's completely bare except for that hole in the wall. So it goes down the seven feet to the root cellar, and then there's another earthen passage that leads further down from there? Correct. Is that right? There's a tunnel that leads away from this room. Is the tunnel wide enough to walk too, uh, too wide, or is it single file? Um, possibly too wide at the, at the most. It's maybe four feet wide. And only wide. about five feet high, so you might have to stoop a little bit. Do we have a light source, gentlemen? A flashlight. Yeah, flashlights. Uh, but I will keep an eye out, see if they got like torches or something set aside for light down there. Okay. Why don't you do a spot hidden? Okay. Um, nope. Um, just inside the passageway, you can see that there are a number of what look like uh, sticks uh, with a cloth wrapped around them. So they must be torches. Okay, professors. Well, I've got two pistols here. I'm, I'm happy to take the lead or go at the front with whoever else wants to come come with me. Maybe we can get some flashlights coming in from behind. I would suggest let's let's get the torches there because the flashlights might be suspicious. But if we need to use a flashlight, uh, do it sparingly. I, I'd be glad to carry a torch and, and go go in second. You know what else I remembered is we have um, silver sickles that were found. Yep, I got one. Oh, you got one? Did anyone take the other one? Mm -hmm. I handed it to someone who took it. If, if nobody wants it, I'll take it. All right. And when we're down there, I want to take a moment uh, to, you know, popping off the flashlight really quick to look at some of these not-so-human footprints, kind of gauge them, because they really got my interest. Okay. You've seen something like them before. You've seen what look like bare human footprints, but there are strange marks as if, their toenails were really long. Hmm. Could I use natural world to get an idea of anything that might correlate with it? Sure. Go ahead. That one I did get. But it was a standard success. If you were to look at them and try to compare the sound of my dog running, um, you'd say there's almost a canine look to the shape of them as if something were half half human, half canine. 
and gentlemen. If I wouldn't know better, these kind of look somewhat like a combination of human and dog. I'd like you to all do... Uh, hey, Tom? Yes. I, I just rolled an odd six for uh, a natural world. Does that give us any more insight there? Not really. So, okay. Um, uh, everybody do a listen roll. No, I'm sorry, a pal roll. Fail. Fail. Oh, seven. Fail. Okay. So, um, everybody except Dr. Hisney, um, although Hisney, you, you can hear that, that flute piping. Um, you guys are all sort of distracted by the sound of that flute playing. And there's, there's something about it. It, you seem for a moment to sort of recognize the melody and you find yourself going, Oh, I know what they're playing. They're playing. And then you'll be like, no, no, that's not it at all. And you find your mind suddenly becomes occupied with trying to figure out what that song is. And it just hovers on the verge of making some sense when you realize that it's not that at all. It's something else. And it's, it's almost maddening trying to figure it out. It makes you want to, makes you want to concentrate on it, but you know that it's just, you're in danger and it's distracting you. So what do you do? You guys know what this flute music is about? For Dr. Kisney, it just sounds like random, like the person's just randomly hitting notes. Doesn't sound like anything familiar. Which way is the tunnel going? Are we headed back into the town? The tunnel is heading south. Yes, it's actually heading back in the direction of the barn doors. It's headed in the direction of the barn doors, but isn't town north of where we are? No, you went north to get to... Wait. We're in the barn... I thought the... Uh, yeah, I think you're right. The burial was in the north, and then the uh, the barn was in the south. You're correct. You went south, so it's it's going. Uh, well, actually, on my map, it shows that it's going south. So the opposite of what I just said. It's 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 heading away from the barn doors, but it's going down, sloping down towards the south, away from the town. Away. Okay. I just misread my map. You know, Doc, I think I, I may have heard this being played by the band. Maybe out there in one of the parades? Yeah, I, can't, I can't quite put my finger on it. I've heard it as well. Mm. How about the tunnel itself? Does it look um, hand-hewn or does it look machined? Um, It looks kind of like a mine shaft. In that it's kind of rough, but it's propped up 
with uh, pieces of wood okay. periodically. Are we able to get the torches lit easy enough? Yes, yes, fairly easily. And the smell, the smell is still, it's, it's, it's less only because your noses are kind of getting burned of the smell, but there's, it's, it's an acrid, oily sort of smell, but you also think you can smell the smell of, you know, death, uh, rotting flesh. Professors, I don't know what we're going to find here, but we need to press on because we've got Julius Lane missing, we've got David Lane, and we've got your your own Professor Godfrey. This could be where they are. Let's go. All right. Okay. I'll maybe get a, a handkerchief or something like that and wrap it around my face if it's going to begin to get real bad. The, uh, the passage doesn't look like it goes very far maybe 30 feet. And you can see at the end of it that it opens up into a larger room. It's the only light, however, is from your flashlights or torches. And as you are making your way down the passage, the flute playing is louder. Um, It's not loud, but it's, it's more prominent. It's stronger and there's something just maddening about that sound. Um, the second you think you've identified the song, you realize, of course, that's completely wrong. It's nothing like that song, but it it keeps it 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 it's it's just driving you crazy. The the what is this? What, who is playing this crazy music down here in the dark? So you move on, and as you reach the end of the tunnel, the ground flattens out, and you can see that the room ahead of you is a roughly oval-shaped room. Uh, You're at the small end, and it opens up around you. And as you step into the room, I'd like you all to do... um, it's more or less just to see who sees it first. Uh, spot hidden. Fail. I Hard failed. You know, I failed with a 67. Okay. Um, those of you who succeed, especially uh, Steel, you've got a hard success. You... Your 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 torch, if you've got a, a flashlight, um, catches sight of someone leaned up. Uh, there, there's kind of a a square uh, block of stone in the middle of the room, about thirty feet from you. Um, there's a body, kind of slumped over. Uh, leaned up against it, possibly tied to it, uh, but sitting on the floor. Uh, the body has a burlap bag over its head, and the clothes are definitely uh, Julius's. Uh, 
the rest of okay go you, you go ahead you shine your light on it i shine yeah. my light on it with with the pistol and i'm like hey you what's going on well before you can say anything um you're pretty sure you're 90 percent sure that it's that it's julius tied up uh with a bag over his head uh on the floor uh in front of this block uh the rest of you um you turn towards where the flute playing is coming from and you light up that area with your torches and with your flashlights and while uh steel uh says you know uh something towards uh julius what the rest of you see in the corner of the room is something about the size of a buffalo. It's shaped like a bunch of potato sacks. It has tentacles, uh, kind of gray-green tentacles. Uh, its body is covered in what at first looked like fur, but in fact are like cilia, little uh, like sea anemones, uh, all waving and changing color. And two of its tentacles are wrapped around this strange-looking flute. Uh, the flute's about the size of a clarinet, and the thing is blowing on it. It doesn't have any visible eyes, um, but it is the thing that is playing this music. Uh, you all need to do a sanity roll. And uh, a moment later, uh, Steele, you see that they're all gasping and suddenly looking at this thing, and uh, you turn and look at it as too. So you also need to do a sanity roll. Got a regular pass. Okay. A bad fail. Pass, but just barely. Jeff. Oh, five action. Okay. Um, all of you've passed except for Steel. Uh, what you did is you all suddenly tensed up, grabbed each other, and sort of uh, like, holy shit, like this. When Steel turns and looks at it, he goes, Jesus Christ, and makes a big loud noise, at which point the creature begins to shift and move as if it suddenly has become aware of your presence in the room. What do you guys want to do? Shoot, 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 shoot. Uh, Just to clarify, you're saying that as an expression or? How, how far away is uh, Julius Lane and how far away is this creature? I, I didn't quite put that together. Julius is about 30 feet in front of you. The creature is over to the right-hand side, maybe only about 15 feet from you. Are there any other passages we can see within the room? No, it's just a big room. And, and quite honestly, at this point, you're not looking for anything else other than what's right ahead of you, which is this thing. Do any of you have Cthulhu Mythos? 
No. No. Okay. It's it's terrifying and hideous and unnatural. Sign loss for any of that. Um. Um. Well, you all made your sand rolls. Uh, yeah, do a, a say a one d three if you if you made your sand roll and a one d. Do you not do a one d five? Just roll your ten sided dice and cut it in half. If you if you failed, two, two points. Okay. Thank goodness I just lost one. <laughs> but you gasped, so you made I gasped. Noise. Um, with that gasp, I want to release three bullets out of the chamber of my guns towards that beast. Okay. Um, well, we'll start with you then. Uh, what? Uh, go ahead and roll. Okay. Remind me if you do multiple shots with, uh, you know, like an automatic pistol. Is it go half? Is it half on the second and half on the third? Is that wrong? Uh, Does anybody know? <laughs> the Each shot, any yeah. anytime you do multiple shots, including the first shot you take, is done with a penalty dice. Right. Okay. Okay. Right. That's cool. That makes sense. And you're scared. Well, that's probably okay. a given, isn't it? <laughs> first one's a success. Second one's a fail. Third one's a success, so two out of three if it works that way. Okay, why don't you go ahead and roll damage. And then be aware that if you get an uh, extreme, you get an impale for bullets. Give me a moment. I haven't got my damage down here. Okay, well, while he's rolling for damage, what are the rest of you going to do? Uh, Fred. Doctor, so, sorry, I was just looking up the, the damage actually for a shotgun, just in case I hit. Uh, I am going to try to fire. I'm going to drop the torch that I had in one hand, and I'm going to, you know, firm up my grip on the shotgun and fire. All right, go ahead and roll. Uh, no, fail. It failed bad, but not quick fail. Okay. Um, Doctor Haston, uh, Doctor Hisney. Um, I'm thinking I've, I was holding the sickle, okay. so I'm kind of letting these guys shoot, and then I'm sort of waiting to see what happens with the, you know, does it react, does it do anything, does it flinch, and then depending okay. on... Once the first gun goes off, you hear, uh, you hear Julius screaming, but he's just, he's just yelling, he's not actually saying anything. Screaming as if he's the one in pain, or you mean no? Just... Screaming as if he's scared out of his mind. Okay, got it. Um, I guess I'm going to hold my action until this thing gets. How close is it again? About is it fifteen feet. Fifteen feet, not close enough. So I'm going to hold my action to, and if the thing comes near me, I'll take a swing. Okay. I'm going to oh, go ahead. Sorry. I'm going to go ahead and uh, run over and uh, try and get Julius free and get him over back to the group quickly. All right. Oh, they're keeping it occupied. It'll take you around to get over to him. That's fine. Uh, all right. Back to uh, um, 
Okay. Damage. Uh, uh, one of the hits was a hard success. You said that was impale. Is that right? Or was it? A... Oh, that's an extreme. An extreme. Okay. So nineteen points of damage to two shots. Okay. Um, your shots definitely impact. Um, they make a kind of a wet thunk as they hit the creature. Um, and the impact alone is enough to sort of push it back against the wall. It drops its flute on the ground and begins rolling towards you guys. Um, uh, how did you do, Fred? Did you miss? I missed. Okay. Um, uh, but Sam, what are you going to do now? You've got another round. Uh, I'm going to shoot again. Same again. Okay. I'm just, I'm just kind of, you know, after the night before with the crazy dreams and and all of this, I'm just kind of letting all the angst and anxiety out. Okay. Okay. First, second, second one's a fail again. Okay, I see him again. Two hits, two two bullets hit, connect, and, okay. and one. Go ahead and roll for damage. Yep. And that's uh, 15. Okay. As you do that, the thing changes shape. It suddenly flattens itself out, almost like a like a, a slug. It, it, it gets flat against the ground. It's maybe now only about a foot high, but it's spreading out, and it's tentacles are moving towards you at, at very fast speed. The next round it will get to you. I mean, it's not very fast, but it's getting there. Um, uh, Dr. Hisney, uh, it'll be probably close enough for you to hit it uh, the next round. Okay. Um, uh, Fred, uh, Dr. Haston, what are you going to do? I've got another round in the uh, in the shotgun. I'm going to try to uh, shoot it again. Okay. And a success that time. Okay. And you said it's only 15 feet away? Yeah. Now it's, it's probably only 10 feet away. It's, it's getting closer. So you're pretty close. 17 points damage. Nice. Okay. You kind of, because it's a shotgun, you kind of splatter it when you, when you hit the front end of it. It still seems to be moving, but it's, it's slowing down. Um, Is it uh, leaking? Or anything coming out of it? It seems to be amorphous. It doesn't really have much of a, a shape, except that it's kind of like an amoeba. Um, uh, Dr. Harlow, what do you do? If I'm up to, if I'm up to Julius there, I'm going to go ahead and start uh, undoing his bonds and getting him up. Okay. Um, Julius, it's, Julius, it's uh, Dr. Harlow. We're getting uh, you out the of here. Second, the second you touch him, he begins to struggle violently and scream uh, as if he's trying to get away from you. Um, he still has a bag over his head. It's obvious that he has something in his mouth, like he's gagged. And okay. he's tied. The way he's tied is he's tied to a, a kind of an iron post that's right in front of this uh, block of stone. All right, I'm going to cut his bonds. Do a um. Do a spot hidden for me. Okay. 
Uh, made it. Um, setting on this block of stone is a silver uh, goblet, a chalice of some sort. Uh, looks possibly very similar to one that you saw at the uh, La Tumba. Mm-hmm. Okay, but that's that's what you notice as you're cutting his bonds. They're fairly easy to cut. Okay. Um, uh, and in the, in the process, he he is now he's just trying to crawl away from you, uh, like a worm, because he his hands are still kind of cut, tied up, but uh, he doesn't want to have anything to do with you at this point. I'll try and um, uh, keep his hands kind of there so he doesn't go flailing about and pull him up. Let him know. All right. Um, it's it's uh, Doctor Rob. We're got we're getting out of here. Sam Steele. What are you gonna do? The thing is, the thing is moving slower, but it's all it's almost at your feet. It's also flattened out considerably. You're not sure that bullets are going to do much to it at this point. You're uh, muted. I'm going to take a couple of pot shots with the pistols anyway because I saw some kind of effect, but I'm shouting to the professors, whoever it was that had one of the burning torches, throw some fire on this thing. What the hell is this? And I'm a couple of shots as well. Okay. I'm just going to say that you fire into it because you can't miss. Um, you make holes in it, but it uh, it almost seems to be reforming as you go along. Um, Dr. Hisney, what are you going to do yeah um, i figure at this point i've managed to get enough room between me and the other gentleman in the room so i'm gonna swing with the sickle okay um there's not really anywhere for the sickle to go but it definitely penetrates into the thing slices into it um uh, uh dr haston um, uh I, I have a torch. The one that I dropped by my feet, is it still burning? I mean, sure. Or did it, it didn't self just smother then? No, they have kind of oil on them. So I'm going to kind of pick it up and try to throw it on it while backing up to the mouth of the cave because I'm feeling like I got to get the hell out of here. Okay. It seems to react to it. Um, the whole creature seems to be slowing down. And uh, a moment later, it it stops moving and it's just like a pile of God, like a pile of entrails laying there on the ground with, uh, you know, parts of it are kind of translucent and there's things going on inside of it. And uh, it's very strange, um, but very much like a gigantic, uh, I don't know, amoeba or slug. Um, but it's, it's kind of stopped moving. There's, things going on inside of it you know but it's it's at least not coming at you anymore and you guys can all roll sanity now that that's over um pass oh passed pass okay um if you pass just take two damage did anybody fail nobody failed okay Tom, what what uh, sand rules are you working with here? How wait, when do you need need to know like what kind of thresholds? Um, if you lose twenty percent 
of your one fifth of your sand in one day, uh, then you're going to be need to be institutionalized after this is over. Okay. Um, if you lose more than five in a single roll, then I get to control your character for a little bit. Okay. So it's five in a single roll or 10 in a day. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, over, over to Ford. Um, Dr. Harlow. Um, uh, Julius, of course, still has a bag over his head. You've managed to cut him loose, and he just seems to be pathetically trying to crawl away from you in the darkness. Um, like, like he's just scared out of his mind. Need a hand here. Trying yeah. to grab him and, and corral him towards the, the, the party. We're all in combat unless, did I misunderstand Tom? Did this thing expire basically? It seems to have stopped moving. Yes. All right. Sam's just completely forgotten about Julius. He's never seen anything like this in his life. It's just so outside his experience. And he's turning around to the professor saying, what the hell is that thing? What is that? What is that, professors? Just. I don't know, but let's get out of here right now. Can um, we just yank the bag off of uh, off of Julius's head? Is it like knotted with a rope around his neck or what? No, it's just over his head. All right. Well, as soon as I'm going to, I'll walk over there then or run over there and try to pull the bag off his head. I'll, I'm just assuming that when he sees us, he'll calm down. Okay. You pull the bag off of his head. He is gagged. He's got a rope mm -hmm. through his mouth. Um, but the look on his face is one of absolute terror. Um, his eyes don't seem to be focusing on anything, not, not you guys or anything. They're just sort of lolling in his head. And all he keeps trying to do is get away from you. Um, I would like the two of you who are next to him to do a spot hidden roll. Fail. Made it. Okay. As he's cre crawling away... Uh, he seems terrified of you as well. As he's crawling away, he sort of clears the edge of the block and starts creeping around the other side. As he does, Dr. Uh, uh, Dr. Harlow, you notice in the on the far side of this block, there is a pile of bones. Lots of them. And they're little. Little bones. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Can I they're... do a quick, a quick natural world to see if I might be able to recognize? Yeah, you don't need to roll. They're children's bones. Oh, I thought it was hobbits. The bones of children. Gentlemen, we need to get out of here now. Lots of them. Hassan, give me a hand here with, with Julius. We need to get I would here. like you to do a, a doctor, uh, Dr. Harlow, you can do another spot, uh, another sanity roll. Kind of figured. 
all the rest of you, you're you're looking at this thing on the floor, and as you're looking at it, the strangest thing happens. It almost looks like bits and pieces of it sort of fold, like they're folding up. And as they fold up, they seem to just sort of disappear. At first, it almost looks like the dirt on the floor is folding up over it, but it seems to be vanishing out of existence. And within just 20 seconds... Where's the flute? I want to grab the flute. It's completely gone. The flute is still laying there on the ground. And the only other thing in this room, really, other than what Harlow just saw, where it was the uh, the cup on the altar, or cup on uh, the block? At the moment, that's all that you notice. And I, I, uh, and now that he's he's gasped, you notice the piles of bones as well. Sandral? Yeah. yeah. How many uh, points do I do I lose for for missing that sandral? Just just a couple. Okay. How many for a pass? I'm getting dangerously close here. Uh, for a pass, just just a, a single point. Okay. Um. So as the rest of you are seeing this thing disappear, why don't you guys roll a sand roll? Fail. Okay. And who grabbed the flute? I wanted to do that. Okay. Well, you were actually over by the, the block. Um, but it's within, you know, a couple of steps. So well, in all fairness, if someone else wants to get to it first, that's fine. If someone else wanted to do that, I don't want to take that from someone who was closer. I don't um, want to wait no flute. <laughs> um, well, we'll just let you have it. Um, that's okay. Um, you go over and pick up this flute and it's strange. It's, like I said, it's about the size of a clarinet, so it's large. Um, it seems to have carvings all over it. It's it's made of some kind of a weird metal, um, almost has a greenish hue to it, but it's it's kind of dull and shiny at the same time. Um, uh, it's not this kind of a flute. It's this kind of a flute that you blow into it, like a recorder. Okay. Um, and uh, other than that, it's very—it's got little holes in it all over where you would block it with while you blew into it. Um, but other than that, it doesn't seem unusual. It's light. You're not sure what kind of metal it would be made of. It should weigh a ton, but it doesn't. Um. Okay. Uh, what are the rest of you doing? Sam's grabbing his knee by his lapel and saying, what the hell is that thing? <laughs> what is it? <laughs> I've never seen it before. I don't know what it is. I think and, if uh, this is a dead end, we should get out of here. Um, Everybody do a spot hidden. Pass. Fail. Ooh, Pass. Okay. Those of you who pass, you realize that the walls of this chamber are covered in what look like the Native American glyphs, like the ones you saw in the cave up above. Um, you don't recognize the language. It 
it's quite different than any Native American language that you're familiar with, pictographs. They're all pictographs. But in one spot, directly in front of where this altar is, just above where this big pile of children's bones is, there is a word that's uh, a word that's been written on the wall. It's been carved into the wall and sort of filled with some sort of black substance to make it stand out. And the name is Yog Sothoth. It's got a nice ring to it. Um, those of you looking towards the bones, go ahead and do a spot hidden roll again. Nobody's going to admit. Ha. No, what bones? All right, I'll look. <laughs> Let's see. 51 is a pass, barely. Okay. You notice that there are three skulls uh, amidst the others, right on top of the other, of the pile, that are much larger. And I've mentioned this in other games, but skulls kind of look like the person that they belonged to. The structure of the bones, that's what gives your face the shape that it does, along with fat and stuff like that. But one of those skulls looks disturbingly like Dr. Uh, Godfrey. Was it Godfrey? That was his name? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. William Godfrey. Yeah. The uh, one of the uh, when once you recognize that one of the other ones looks disturbingly like Julius or maybe a relative of Julius's. And I'll say out loud that looks like we found Mr. Godfrey. Having a look over. Dear Lord, you're right. Mr. Gut? Is he dead? Yeah, obviously. Gentlemen, we need to leave now. Help, help me with Julius. Let's get out of here and get as far away from this place as possible. Mm -hmm. Let's go now. Is it, is it obvious that to me now that they're they're talking about the skulls that there's a skull there? Right. Yeah. You're all seeing everything now. Y yeah. It, uh, if nobody else grabs it, I want to go back over there and grab his skull. Okay. Doctor Godfrey's skull. Yes. Okay. Um. Uh. When you do that, you realize you probably already realized this, but um. He obviously had some dental work, so if you needed to identify the skull, you could. Oh, well, then I better grab Lane's, too, because if he snaps out of this, he's going to want to know that we, we got evidence of what happened to his family. There is something about the skulls. They're clean as a whistle. There's no no flesh whatsoever left on them. They're it's almost like they're polished, except that there's there's marks on the skull as if something small 
has gnawed on them. Like a mouse? Maybe. Maybe a little bigger than a mouse. Maybe a rat. Maybe something a little bigger than a rat. It seems like all of this cleaning and gnawing has happened way too fast. A, a skeleton left in the wild shouldn't decompose like this. And even we get can eaten talk away about it. Fast. Let's go. There must be there must be hundreds of children's bones here. Yeah, I grabbed the two skulls, and at this point, I'm, I'm pretty loaded down. I'm, I'm I'm making my way back to the cave. I'm great. I'm I'm pulling Julius along with him struggling to get him out. Okay, he is struggling. No problem. He thinks, well, you don't know what he thinks, but he's acting as if you're the ones who have, it's obviously he's been beaten and tortured yeah. and. We're keeping the gag his, on him and we're mind. getting him out. <laughs> out All right. Um, do a grapple roll. Okay. Let's see what my grapple is here. It's fighting brawl. It's just... Brawl. Okay. Sorry. Brawl. Got it. Grapple was in sixth edition. <laughs> uh, made it. Okay. You're struggling with him, but you're managing to pull him forward and out of the cave. Um, it Because he's struggling, and maybe if the rest of you want to help, um, it takes you almost five minutes to get back to the, the base of the ladder, climbing up out of the trap door. In that time, I reload also. Okay. Um, uh, getting him up the ladder is difficult. Um, I would like you to once again, who's going to help uh, uh, Dr. Harlow? Sam, Sam pulls in and okay. gives a hand. I'd like both of you to do a uh, a, um, a brawl, grapple. Um, and as long as one of you makes it. That was actually a feel. Did you make it, Dr. Harlow? Yes, I made it. Okay. You managed to get him up that ladder. It's not easy. Um. You're also a little afraid that if he gets onto his feet, he's just going to run because he's trying to get away from you. Um, but you get him up and out of the hole and you're in the barn. And what are you going to do from here? Somebody go scout out ahead. Make sure we're clear. Yeah, I'll check the front door. Make sure yep. there's nobody around. Carefully. You don't see anybody. I'll take this robe off because it's hot and I don't want to be in it. Okay. Yeah, I'll throw mine off too. Okay. Yeah, I, I imagine you throw all throw them off. Um, so what are you gonna do? You're 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 still in the barn, but you don't see anybody outside. Okay, well let's let let's head down to the vehicle, yeah. We need to get in the car and get the hell out of this town. Uh, Ford, I think you're uh, muted. Let's do it now. We'll talk on the way home. All right. So you uh, you managed to get back to the vehicle. 
and uh, and load it up. Get him in there. Excuse me, just one second. Sorry about that. Um, you managed to get it back in the v back in the vehicle, and just you're, to, you're just to be clear, Tom. That was a cough, not an evil GM laugh. That's correct. Yeah. Okay, just checking. <laughs> yeah, because I didn't do this. <laughs> right. All right. So you get back to your vehicle, and you're a little ways down that road. Heading back into town, what do you guys do? Did you get all of your stuff from the Herrera yep. Hotel? Yeah. Okay. We're just going dead. We're getting we're avoiding the town as much as we can and getting the heck out of Dodge or Castle okay. Tranker in this case. Well, you'll have to go through the town, but uh you can then turn and go back back out of the, the, the town. That's the idea. Uh where are you going? Uh sir, uh back to Silver City? Yes, that's okay. the intention. All right. Um, Along the way, we'll ungag uh, when we're far away. We'll from the town. We'll ungag uh, Julius, and if he wants to yell and scream all the way, we'll let him do that and get it out of his system. But make sure um, he stays in the car. He, uh, as soon as you ungag him, he starts yelling and screaming, and you realize that he's out of his mind. Um, uh, nothing that he says makes any sense. It's mostly just noise, just, uh, uh you know, um, uh, when words start to become compre compre comprehended, he's obviously afraid that you're going to hurt him. Um, and when you try to convince him otherwise, he doesn't believe you. He thinks that you've set him up, that this whole thing was your idea, that, uh, that that his valet is behind it all and that his valet has somehow uh set this up so that you know to bump him off or or whatever and it's all just incomprehensible insane nonsense that he's that he's yelling has, 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 um, has anyone got a, a hip flask we can fill him up with some liquor yep We force right. some drink. Force some drink in him. All right. Um, you have to force it, but after after an hour, he starts to calm down. At least he becomes quiet. Maybe he's hoarse from yelling so much. Um, you still have to restrain him, and you're kind of afraid that he'll just jump right out of the car. But now you have some time to discuss amongst yourselves what your next move is. You're on your way to Silver City, however. Gentlemen, we need to get Julius to somebody who can look after him. He's lost his mind. Yeah, I, agree. I think a, a hospital would be a good idea. Yeah, I don't know if the hospital in Silver City can really do much for him there, but it's a it's a start. Quite honest, I don't know how much time I want to spend in Silver City, knowing that yeah, well, with the boot prints outside the window and all that, it seems like these Castronegro folk are coming all the way down to uh, you know Lane's property down there. I don't think I want to really spend many time there. I don't think it's 
yeah, I don't think it's a good idea. If we go to Silver City, we don't need to be anywhere where it's uh, out in the open or places where they think uh, we're going to be, like Lane's place. I think we, and in fact, if we could just push on through to maybe Las Cruces, it'll be a hard ride, but that we might, we might stand a chance there. We can, yeah, we also, can also, on you go, on you go. I was going to, I was going to say, um, I think our original tent was that we had camping gear. We were going to spend the night in the campsite. Um, that's an option. I'm not saying it's a good option, but. That is an option if we want to avoid the towns altogether. We could find a little spot off the way. That's true, a good point. Got, yeah, true. But we got to watch Julius there. I don't think he's gonna. He's he's a flight risk. Uh, the other the other thing is we have his contact for his valley back home, so we could try and get him checked into an asylum or something. Indeed, we're going to have to do that, and maybe ask his valet to come out here so that he can take care take care of him, and let the valet know that he that, that Julius is out of his mind and thinks that he's behind it. Yep. Hasn't or Julius maybe, been name dropping himself everywhere? So if someone's looking for him, and they start to check the hospitals, they're likely to find him. I say we turn him in somewhere, but give him a fake name, and only tell the the valet where to find him. Possibly, possibly. I'm just worried those people, considering they're organized enough to keep all this crap going on in their little town, you know, are going to be bright enough to go, okay, well, he was obviously out of his mind and, uh, you know, start looking for places that we could take him back to a hospital. Exactly, exactly. And they're not going to be too happy that we've uh, grabbed him. No, they, they definitely they weren't amenable to outsiders at all. No, and uh, the farthest the farthest away we get can get from Castro Negro, the better. We have an option. Um, it's going to be a tough option. Um, there is an asylum in El Paso, uh, but that's going to be about a two almost three day trek out that way. But it's connected with the rails, so any any of Lane's people uh, we need to uh, work with uh, can get out there relatively easily. Just throwing it out there, but if we really want to drop off the map, if we go west, uh, my my people's reservation is is west over in uh, Nevada, no Arizona, it's, and the, and truly no one's going to find us there. Maybe the the, the medicine people could work with him you know that's not such a bad idea and i'm sure we could find somewhere close by there to where we can get a telephone to um make arrangements with lane's people and we could uh we might be able we might be able to get out to tucson that's another that's another uh potential but uh maybe maybe you got a point there what do you guys think how long would that take us to get there to the reservation it sounds like a good plan. From what I recall, the Hopi Reservation is kind of central to the Navajo Reservation in northeast Arizona. So I Honestly, I don't know travel time for something like that way back then. If I said three hours, would that be okay? I wouldn't argue. Okay, three <laughs> hours. <laughs> I think that sounds like a good plan. Your, your folks over there could... Uh, 
could give him their medicine or whatever and keep him calm and we could arrange stuff with his family or his valley. Yeah. And uh, while we're at it, maybe your uh, your guys could uh, shed some light on what, what might be happening over here in Castro Negra and what we faced. <laughs> I, I doubt it, but we could always ask. It's, uh, a, it's a shot, but right now I just want to make sure Julius is secure and out of here. What we do after this, uh, we can work out along the way. I'll tell you, any uh, any white folk coming on the reservation will certainly stick out. We'd know if people were, you know, uh, that kind of are different. We're coming from from quite a distance. Uh, yeah, it, my only suggestion is we stop and fill the car with groceries before we get there because uh, they don't get a lot of that stuff, and it'll be appreciated and make the welcome a little warmer. Hey, I'm all for that, and I'm pretty sure uh, I saw a little bit of cash left over from Julius thing. And I don't, and under circumstances, I don't think he'll mind us buying groceries as a tip off to your guys. Sure. All right. So you head into silver city and as you get there, uh, you stop at a supermarket, I guess, and you fill up on uh, food and whatever else. Uh, to take to the Hopi Reservation. Um, Julius has become quiet. Uh, You think that his flight risk might be less, but he might be getting quiet because he's planning on jumping out of the car, but it doesn't happen. Um, uh, You have the two skulls with you, and you have the flute, yes? Yeah, they'd probably be in the trunk at this point. Yeah. Okay. Um, unless there's something else you want to do in Silver City, we'll just say that you're heading towards the reservation. Can we talk about that for a second? Yes. Yeah. It all happens so quickly, but in, as I'm driving here thinking about this, the two things come to mind. How are we going to explain what happened to Dr. or Mr. Lane here? And second, I'm not so sure taking the skulls is going to help us. It'll actually, it'll actually help us quite a bit, help me quite a bit, because now give me a chance to take them to the lab back in Albuquerque and uh, prove that at least the ones uh, could be, that that they could be who they they're from. And I could take that data and uh, give it to the uh, PD there. Doesn't that make us suspects then? Yeah, it could incriminate us. Not me. No, not me. I'm part of the PD. <laughs> and I think we've led on to the police department also, haven't we? That we were looking yep. for these individuals. Yes, they know all too well that we're here looking for them. And if I come back with skulls, uh, it would just be a matter to to say, we found these. We think these belong to our missing guys. I'm going to test them and uh, get you the results. And uh, they'll go with me all the way on that. I guarantee you that. Well, that's true because we've really left a paper trail. We spoke to them in Albuquerque. We spoke to them in Silver City. Mm-hmm. And we spoke to the no good lawman in Castro Negro yep. who gave us no help at all. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, be messing with him if we could help it because he's probably in on all this. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah. I think just let's get to the, let's get to the, 
reservation and when we're there and we got everything under better control, we can formulate a plan and where to go to from here, from there. Take some time, think about it along the way, guys. We got okay. we got some serious thought we got to put into this. Okay. So you leave Silver City and you're heading uh, west towards the, towards uh, Arizona? Yeah, Arizona. Towards the reservation. And along the way, um, Julius begins um, babbling and uh, he says uh, he says that, that music that that music that 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 music and and he just keeps talking about that music that music when he does that you guys can recall the sound of that flute and it's still kind of maddening in your mind that noise that thing was playing that flute and it kept being right on the edge of having meaning but it didn't and it it just sort of obsesses your mind as you're driving in the car you guys stop talking unless you want to talk Um, I'll just suggest to give him some more drink. All right. Uh, he drinks it and he gets a little calmer. Um, three hours go by and you're pulling into the reservation. Um, you're getting some very strange looks by the, uh, Indians that are there. The American Indians that are there. Um, the Native Americans, we'll call them because that's PC. <laughs> the Native Americans. All right. Um, I have never actually been to an Indian reservation, so I really don't know what it would look like back in the 1920s. Um, let's just say um, it's rather primitive. And I would I would think that it would be very, uh, very dry at that reservation. Yeah. Probably uh rolling hills but not steep hills you know uh mm -hmm. maybe a couple of uh bluffs but uh yeah pretty barren uh, it, it, it was it not a very like nice it was not a very nice place they were resettled right well it's actually not far away from the the main hopi mesa lands which is where they where they're living uh, but where we're going to on the res i would figure it's probably more of a shanty town sort of thing right. with maybe some old original uh uh, Pueblo buildings and uh, and uh, maybe one or two quote unquote nice uh, old west style buildings, but the rest are kind of like you know built up from uh, bits and pieces and and mm -hmm. and, th and stuff. Um, if we were going to the mesas, it would all be Pueblo buildings and stuff. But the mesas are more to the north and more like two three days drive. But for where we're at now, it, you know, and for most of the towns outside the mesas, would be would be more of the kind of the shanty town centered around maybe what was like a house or an old uh, outpost. As you pull into town, as you uh, get in there, something rather odd. Um, some of the, some of the, some of the Native Americans are 
it's almost as if they're waiting for you as you come into town. Um, it's almost as if they know your needs as you get there. Um, Dr. Dr. Uh, Haston, do you, do you speak their native language? Yeah. Yeah. I, I've spent plenty of time on the, on the reservation. My, my score for it is 70. And I think in general, what they say about a score that high is you're fairly fluent in the language. Right. right. Yeah. Well, they speak to you in what, what language would they be speaking then? Navajo yeah. or. I think the Hopi have their own tongue. Yeah. The Hopi, the Hopi language. Hopi have their own general tongue. Um, uh, they say to you that their medicine man, their shaman, had a vision that you guys were coming. And uh, he needs to see the man who is has lost his mind. Is this one of the grandfathers? One yes. of our elders? Yeah. Uh... I would be inclined to to trust that kind of a situation, okay. and and ask for you know where, where that person is. So you get some funny. The rest of you get some funny looks because you're you're white people, um, but people come out. They're they're happy to take the groceries, and uh, they're they're fairly accommodating towards you as you you get out um, and welcoming. Um. The one of the grandfathers, one of the elders, comes out, and uh, uh, they want you to bring uh, Julius into his lodge or whatever. Um, I'll also bring the flute. Okay. Um, Are you guys okay with this? Uh, mm -hmm. When you get in there. Um, he he chants some uh, prayers, and uh, uh, he tells you that this this man has been exposed to something horrible, um, something that the ancients you uh, used to call like the demon, um, and that it would be a long time before he was completely back to normal again. But uh, then they start to ask, and they see the flute, and he won't touch the flute. But uh, uh, he asks you what happened. Um, how forthcoming are you with information? Completely. Okay. He listens very carefully. He doesn't seem skeptical at all. Um, he tells you the tale of these Indians that lived there long before they did and that they were they were into something very evil they put up the standing stones and that there are still standing stones in that area um other places they've been torn down uh but he could he basically the consensus is that there is something very evil in that town and you can try going to the authorities but they won't believe you He says, meanwhile, they're murdering children. So what are you going to do about it? 
I take it the professor tells us what's oh, being uh, said. Yes, I apologize. Yes, I'll relate that back. Yeah. It's all so, so I I ask, could you say to him, could could these people help us in any way? Because I I don't think we've got the tools for the job. You know. None of them look up to that kind of a thing. They're poor. They're worn down. They're just trying to survive. I ask him what he thinks of the thing that we encountered. You know, is there medicine to to get rid of something like that? Because it looks more like it it passed into a spirit realm, but it didn't really die. Like it could come back. He can give you the magic that he knows, but he has no idea if it would be effective against such a creature. You seem to have driven it away, maybe temporarily, but from what you've told him, it doesn't seem any reason why you would need to go back to that place. That's definitely not the center of the evil. What is the center of the evil? Well, it would seem from what you've said to him, if, if you've indeed enclosed, said everything to him, that it probably has something to do with this Spanish man that uh, that's in charge of the whole place. The man with the crosses on his boots. You think he was uh, one of the family? Well, he doesn't know enough to answer that question. But okay, but the man with the crosses on the boots—you, you, you, uh, you, you, you believe that he is in charge of the evil. Well, you said that there was somebody in charge of the whole town. Mm-hmm. So, Bernardo de Diaz, right? He says, "If you don't do anything about it, nobody will, and it'll just continue." children will be killed that's horrible however that town is loaded to bear with guns and people that are very on edge I, I don't know what the four of us could do about something like that oh. well hasn't it it looks like uh, you were right about going straight to his door and <laughs> knocking the door down and saying hello here we are. <laughs> I mean, I, I see what the the good doctor is saying here, but I I don't know if we're prepared for this, gentlemen. Um, I think our first task is to ensure that uh, Julius returns home safely, or, uh, so that he could be institutionalized and cared for by people who know more about this and what we do than what we do. And we can't take care of them. The natives here can't take care of them. And he, he needs help. We need to make sure he's he's out of here, taken care of and, um, and, and out of the picture so that he doesn't end up becoming the next sacrifice. Because I'm just under the impression these guys are gonna do everything they can to find him and bring him back that thing uh, I'll, I'll ask you know are they okay with us 
you know, staying here for a short time until we can get uh, Julius's people to, to take him and, and keep him safe. Yes, they don't mind. They've, it, uh, it, it, is there a phone have, here? They don't have much. No, there's no phone here. No. Um, but um, you're welcome to stay. Uh, they don't have much, many, many accommodations. Uh, you probably won't be very comfortable. Um, and thanks for the, the the supplies that you did bring. Well, if we leave town to go and uh, to make a phone call, we could definitely <laughs> load up on supplies again to bring back. Oh. Uh, okay. There should there should be a couple sizable towns not too far away from here. Maybe even a place where we can get gas. If we can get gas, uh, we might stand a chance of being able to chart a course to uh, Tucson, and uh, we can. Uh, have a place where he can hit the train in Tucson and be on, well on his way back to back to the East Coast. Yeah, I empty my money of or pockets of any money that I have on me and, and give it to him and, and thank him for his help and uh, you know and, and let him know that we need to be able to speak as a group and uh, kind of dismiss ourselves, I guess. Doctor Hisney, what do you think? I was just going to type this in the chat, but I'm just going to say it out loud. I think um, I'm a 58-year-old professor of archaeology. I don't think it would be normal to go in on a vigilante manhunt for this guy. But yet, for the sake of the game, I'm ready to go in guns blazing and gas cans burning. Yay! So, the, I think that's going to be my suggestion is let's get some extra gas. Let's make sure we're loaded to bear and uh, let's go burn this bastard's house down to the ground. Well, I say let's get, get Julius taken care of, then get back to Albuquerque and maybe I can get some help. Can you and get dynamite? I might be able to do that. And maybe some other things too. I say, if we're going to have to go in there and take care of it ourselves, uh, let's get well prepared and maybe get some help. Maybe a couple, I'm bet I could wrangle a couple other people to give us a hand at least, if not more. And well, if I have enough evidence, I might even be able to get police help in on this. But when we're, we're clearly out of earshot, you know, I say with all respect to the elder here, who definitely means, well, the elders aren't always right. I mean, <laughs> this could be something that the, you know, we could get additional help for. You know, it may not yeah. have to just be yeah. us. Yeah, but did you see? Did you see all those children's bones? Really? Yeah. You gonna yeah, let that was, slide? No, I'm not saying let it slide, but uh, I'm kind of there with with uh, Doctor Hisney that you know I'm not a, a man of war. You know, I'm I've, I've never charged in a battle like that. Quite honest, been, I'm still I'm still shaking from what we we shot at down in the hole. I've been to war. And sometimes you have to go back to war for the right reasons, and this is the right reason. Mr. Steele, what's your input? I've got guns. I can punch hard. <laughs> I, I think it makes sense if uh, we can get some help, then good and well. If we can get a couple of people on our side to to come and help that's that's great but i really don't think we should be traveling the world with julius i think let's take care of julius first let's get him taken care of when that's 
yeah, when that's done, then let's hightail it to, to Albuquerque and formulate the plans and see about getting help. We may even be able to get a full police force in on this if we play our cards right. And then that way we could take care of take care of the issue officially. If we can't, then we know where we stand and we could take it from there. If we can't, we've got all of Julius's guns, a fair bit of his money, <laughs> and let's stock up and blow that town to hell. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Let me uh, let me interject. First, want to answer what Jeff said. I would like you as characters to do whatever you think that you would actually do, but I'll caution you that if you decided to say fuck this and not do anything about it, you would have to live with that for the rest of your life. Every child that goes missing would be your fault. That's what but, Harlow's thinking. But maybe you're w willing to do something like that. I don't read the papers that often, you know. Second, I would like you to realize that um, getting help might not be so easy. Yes, you might get some investigation going. But I don't think you're going to get help to blow somebody up. Best plan B. You're going to have to convince them. Mm -hmm. can absolutely convince them. Mm -hmm. um, so, what's your next move? Did you say Albuquerque? Tucson first. Tucson. Okay. Uh, so that we can meet with uh, meet with uh, Julius's people, and uh, not just his not just his valet, but um, other others of his family as well. Encourage at least one or two of them, plus uh, any. Uh, other retainers that are that are trusted to come out and pick him up. Okay. And I'm gonna suggest that and I'm gonna highly suggest if you got somebody who's who's a bodyguard, bring him along because he's gonna need it. All right. Um and, uh, if that and pretty much you know that's what we're gonna do if when I get to the nearest phone is with uh Sam's contact information try and try and convince him of this. So let's let's gloss over some of this and let's see what what would have happened. Um, you take uh, Julius to Tucson. Uh, the longer, uh, first of all, when he he tries to sleep, um, he wakes up screaming, um, mm -hmm. and he goes through a period of this manic craziness for at least 15 or 20 minutes after he wakes up. But eventually he keeps calming down. And he does manage to explain to you that he left the library and he was going to go to the bar. And as he was walking, he saw something between two buildings. And it it caught his eye, but it it, it kind of got away from him. He, he went between the buildings to see what it was. And what he saw, and it makes him shiver, was a, a big dog, like a Rottweiler. Only the hair was black, and the eyes were green. And something hit him from behind. And the next thing he remembers is having a bag over his head and being beaten and dragged and 
thrown down somewhere and this flute playing that drove him absolutely crazy. He listened to it hour after hour after hour and it wouldn't stop and he was gagged and he doesn't really remember much after that, but sort of coming to in the car with you guys. Um, that's about all you get out of him. Um, you meet with uh, his family. Some of his family actually fly out because um, they have money. And there are some inquiries. In fact, you're stuck for almost a week in Tucson with the family detaining you because they want to know if you had anything to do with this. And ultimately you're released. You're, you're just his friends. And obviously something happened. Um, do you guys talk about the incident to them that, that he was tied up in a monster played a flute to him or, you just sort of gloss over that and i play it off as he had some bad booze and ran out into the desert had exposure and uh was going crazy okay there when we found him and, ultimately uh, we yeah ultimately that's and accepted ultimately, yeah and they uh they then take him back to uh, boston and he's going to be institutionalized um, so you head back to Albuquerque and in Albuquerque, uh, you are able to identify the bones as valid as, uh, uh, as belonging to Dr. Gottfried and, uh, 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 David Lane. So you're in Albuquerque. It's been about 10 days since you left Castro Negro. What would you like to do? Should we notify the university or the, the police authorities? You've, you've already yeah. contacted. <coughs> I mean, you've, you've talked to the police, at least in the fact that you have found this body and that you found it in Castro Negro. But I imagine that you're extremely reluctant to explain um, details. I do want to have a sit down with my superiors in the police department and let them know what the situation is. Pretty much because the, the more you think about it, the crazier it sounds. Well, here's the deal. Um, I'm going to kind of lay it out as these are people who are for some reason kidnapping children and uh doing various nefarious things with them. I'm gonna leave out the crazy elements like the thing and the flute and the piping and the altar and all that stuff. But we leave it as we found the you know the whole whole area being um, xenophobic and 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 against outsiders and then describe you know us hunting for Julius and um, and finding him in this you know war this this little uh, hideout uh, where there were skeletons and the bones and stuff and evidence that they were doing something I'm gonna kind of gloss over any sort of a cult sort of thing but I you know saying I don't know what they're doing here but they're obviously kidnapping children and doing something with them. Even if the children, these are dead babies and stuff, they're still doing something very abhorrent here. 
uh, not to mention adding in the local cattle mutilations and other weird stuff that's going on that is weird enough to be believable, but the unbelievable stuff I'm going to kind of leave out. Right. There and show the and show the uh, and show the uh, you know evidence with the skulls. Show the evidence that we brought with you know some of the artifacts and stuff, and just say something really weird and unusual is going on here, and this is going above and beyond. Okay. Uh, just just a bunch of weird weird uh, xenophobic Hispanic people in the in the in the. This is actually some kind of organized something. And they're up to something that's no good. The killed uh, two people plus all these babies. Based on your uh, reputation with them, mm-hmm. and uh, the fact that you had the skulls, um, two things have happened. One is they've decided not to, of course, charge you. Mm-hmm. Um, they believe. They believe in general your story without the details Uh um they've decided that they're going to send two detectives into the town to corroborate the evidence that you've put there the question is and they're and they're 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 going so the question is is do you want to go with them or do you want to wait for them to bring back their findings. We can't wait for them. They'll not be seen again. All right. Safety in numbers. I hate to say it, there's safety in numbers. Well, they're not particularly interested in you being with the investigation that they're doing. Um. They're not going to stop you from going back to the town, but they don't work with crowds. Maybe it would be a good plan for us to kind of go in stealthy, let them go in and chop doors, knock on doors, and we go in stealthy behind them. <clears throat> and uh, if, if they stir up a hornet's nest, you're ready to go in guns blazing. So they're a diversion? Yeah. That might not like be a that. bad idea. I like that. Um, they can keep they can keep occupied while we can gather more information and stuff. And I mean, we don't we, we don't want the guys to die, but we want them to go in first, and we can kind of go in ready, ready, ready to shoot. You know, I like that. Also, let's let's see about what we can do to get any kind of evidence gathering photos, um, or any other kind of stuff. Anybody of you, anyone, anyone of you guys can think of here. Uh, cause the more evidence we have, no matter how this goes down, uh, if we have to, if we have to convince the police department, the more we have, the better. They may be angry that we, that we went in on our own, but, um, truthfully, uh, if we can convince them that, that something's going on, especially if something happens to the detectives, then, uh, we have more ground to stand on if we can't flat out just, take care of the, the business there. I say we prepare for anything going down there. I mean, I think we could still adopt the previous plan. We could camp out in the, the forest, let let the detectives go and check in in the hotel. They're the visible target in investigation, and we can be coming in there. You know? And they know the location of the barn and stuff there, so hopefully they'll see what's yeah. going on with the barn. 
and um, when they go that direction, we can we can uh, we can uh, keep eyes in case something happens. Give them a little uh, unseen backup. Yep. Okay. Sounds good. All right. About, well, let's just say an even two weeks have gone by and the detectives went ahead of you. They've probably arrived in town about two hours ahead of you. So when you're in Silver City, getting ready to leave Silver City and head up towards Castronegro, that's about the same time that they would have arrived in Castronegro. Uh, so what are your plans? What are you going to do? You mentioned a few things, camping or what exactly are you going to do? Stay at the Herrera again or? Mm, stay at another hotel that, that we haven't been pegged at. There is no other hotel there. Okay. Uh, I, um, I think we want to be incognito, do we not? We don't yeah, really camping. Want to be seen. yeah, camping. Yeah. Uh, camping. Before we head down, um, want to make sure we can get our hands on it you know anything we might need like dynamite <laughs> I hate to say it, but you know we may need that as well as um you know further further weapons or uh stuff to protect us as well as uh, ca uh portable cameras and uh and uh other evidence gathering devices while we're at it okay. so that you know not only we're we gathering evidence but we have enough to light the town on fire if we have to. Okay. And I'm not going to be much help there. If Indians going around asking for uh, asking for dynamite, <laughs> not going to get a warm welcome anywhere. So I won't be of much help to that. So let's assume then that you've got yourself a few sticks of dynamite and you've got your firearms and were you going to bring some sort of inflammatory flammable substance yes say kerosene get some, get some kerosene yes okay all of those things except for the dynamite would seem rather normal for uh, campers well right. we kind of you know go to the store and kind of get the dynamite on the i mean we could still openly get dynamite but not well, get, you can you know, probably get that back in albuquerque as well yeah so that it's not yeah um that's probably what we'll do you might have to get a permit for that. Not That's sure. fine. But anyways, all those things are taken care of. All right. So you've got your supplies. Um, mm -hmm. How close to Castronegro are you going to camp? And what are you going to do with your car? What well, we did last time, find a good place to put it where we can book out, but uh, kind of camouflage it nearby our camp. And I'd say about... Um, Two mile, two miles away. Okay. How far away are the caves? The, the caves are 20 miles back down the road. So yeah. the, the road's about 40 miles long, about halfway is where the caves are. Okay. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Um all right. Well, let's just say this. Uh say Castro Negro's in the center. Um are you gonna camp north, south, east, or west of the town? Uh, the the barn was south. The uh, Bernardo de Diaz is, is, is to the north. And there's farms 
farther out. But uh, is the only main road in a town coming from the south from Silver City, or was there also correct. one that left east? No, there's only one going up into Castro Negro. And there's a bus that rides on it Tuesdays and Thursdays, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Tuesday, Wednesday. I'd be inclined to, to, to make sure we got at least a, an hour walk in. I don't think we should be anywhere near town. Mm -hmm. People could be wandering or easily spot us coming and going. Okay. Yeah. Stay out of the town proper, but be in the surrounding area. Okay. So north, south, east, or west. North, south. East or south, so we don't have to go into the town to get to one of the other sides. Yeah, but all right. South, southwest, or southeast, rather. Okay. All right. So you find a place to stash your car um, and you hike in. Uh, it's hilly and uh, the woods get rather thick quickly. And after you say about an hour, so you, you hike in, uh, you find an area where you can. Uh, uh, set up a little camp. Now, by your reckoning, the shepherd's barn should be like uh, a little bit to the east of where you are, uh, probably another 20 minutes walk in that direction, just as a guess. So you're closer to the barn, but farther away from the town. Maybe half an hour's walk from where you are. And it's through I the go, I want to go scout out a uh, high point where we can see much of the area as possible. If we have to, you know, if we maybe even climb a tree to get a get a good a good vantage point so we can see, you know, through binoculars, maybe see the streets in the town and various areas and stuff so we can maybe catch the investigators and stuff and keep an eye on them. I seem to remember when we went to the barn that there was a trail going off up into the hills. That's correct. Uh, which we didn't explore. So maybe if we can kind of try and get to that direction, um, because there was talk of standing stones up on the hillside as well. So maybe we could get a view, if that's a high point, a view, find out where the standing stones are. Maybe we can see down towards the barn and then to the town. What do you think? Does that sound okay? Sounds like an idea. Sounds um, good to me. Professor Harlow, I'm just a little confused. Are you are you going are you starting with the intent of investigating this further? We need more and we need to keep at least keep an eye on the investigators, make sure that they're they're not being molested. And uh, otherwise, you know, if we can pick up information here and there, uh, all the better. Uh, because if we have to, we may have to go back and and ask for more assistance, or you know, give them an idea of what happened. To the investigators, if so, they do something, to the investigators. Okay. And uh, I mean, if we want to, you know, we really want to take care of this through official channels. We need to have information. The more information we have, the more inclined they'll be to to support us. I mean, it's not like they're going to take our you know our mad rantings and and call in the military, you know, and and send planes over over the site well i'm thinking of two different things here one if we were going to use them as a diversion and they are overpowered or decide just to leave and they found nothing that window of opportunity could be short um 
the other thing is, is if they do end up being uh, murdered or otherwise waylaid and not checking in at their home office, um, you know, is it, uh, you know, are they just going to send even more people up here after this, you know, the, the messaging that you had and then two investigators also go missing? They might. They might. If these if these guys go missing, they will send more people. But at the same time, how much more? I mean, it, they may send, you know, a, a group of of six officers here. And even then, they may they may not be able to handle the situation if these guys are preparing. So I mean, hypothetically. I I'm inclined to think maybe we go in tonight under the cover of dark. And take it, you know, take advantage of the fact that they're they're there now, and potentially yeah. people are paying attention to them and not worried so much about us at this point. Maybe maybe just one or two of us, and it's not like a whole group of us going in. But yeah, it yeah. might be a good idea to make contact. If a couple of us want to go in and make contact, make sure the guys are all right, and and maybe you could. Um, uh, arrange a meet point somewhere, you know, passing a message on or something like that. Well, we know they'd probably be staying in the only hotel, right? Yeah. And one, one, I think was the only one friendly to us. So we have, we have a contact there if we need him. Yep. Are you sure you can trust him? No, but no, he's only possible possibility though. <laughs> I mean, he's he's got to live there, you know. That's that's his home, and mm-hmm. you know, is he going to turn against the people he needs to live next to and make his livelihood from? I I don't think he's likely to turn against them. I think we were just lucky enough to not be uh, hated by him. Because mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you, there's another scenario that's playing through my mind that I'm worried about in that. It's been several days. What I think you said, ten days to two, two weeks. weeks. Two weeks. There's a good chance they might have cleared that barn out. There is a good chance. So um, then again, kinda... another reason, another reason why we need to take more information because if they clean up that barn and um, to to get more information. I mean, if we don't if we don't stop it ourselves, we need to get the resources to have it stopped. Okay, let's. Um, so what, what what are we doing right now? We're we're going to send two guys in to make contact with the two detectives. Scope out things too. Yeah. So two of you are going to go into the town. What are the other two going to do? Keep you an said eye on something things. about a trail. Yeah, let's let's go up the trail first, and scope out out the area with the standing stone, the potential standing stone area. By the oh. way, it's about it's, right now. It's about eleven in the morning. Oh, yeah. Okay. How let's find a vantage point. Yeah. Let's start. Let's start by finding a vantage point and getting an idea of what's going on around us. All right. So you're head you're you're gonna try to find that trail, yes. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. so in the general direction that you think the barn is, you start making your way through the woods. 
and the woods are kind of um, difficult. They're not too bad because it's it's a desert forest, so it's uh, it's mostly dry. Um, and as you make your way forward, uh, I'd like you all to do spot hiddens. It's just mainly to see who sees it first. No. Pass. Yeah. Okay. Fail. Okay. So Sam. Sam's walking along. Sam's observing. Sam's got his detective mode on. His eyes are wide open. And uh, as you guys are going along through the trees, you know that you're coming down into that little valley where the barn is. And you start to see through the trees. And what you can see is uh, sort of, first it's like a black shadow, but a couple steps forward and you realize that the barn is now just a black pile of rubble. Um, looks like it burnt to the ground. And as you go a few few more feet through the woods, uh, the rest of you can see this. And uh, it's been completely destroyed. Looks like it was probably completely destroyed over a week ago. Harlow, did you also tell them about the uh, uh, the the weird ground that we saw in the the tomb north of town? I did, but um, I took it off more as the ground was dead, like somebody threw uh, in salt. an odd way through through salt or or a weed eater out there, some chemical. Messing around with chemicals. I that's how I, I told them about the situation. Um once again to a spot hidden. You're now about a hundred feet away from where the barn used to be. I gotta pass that time. Pass. Pass. Oh. Pass. <laughs> as you you've all passed that's excellent uh as you guys are staring at the barn um you find bits and pieces of charred wood around your feet um and you begin to realize that the barn didn't just burn somebody blew it up probably with dynamite. Um, you also notice that it definitely, there's a depth to it. So the whole cave and everything underneath has probably been caved in. Why does this not surprise me? Or They're covering their tracks. Or Tom is two-timing us, and he's had another group of investigators come in, blow the place up while we were off for two weeks having a holiday. <laughs> I like that. Metagaming at metagame. It's all right here in the instructions. <laughs> That's right, laddie. Um, um, but you do see the trail going up into the woods. 
I'm actually surprised. You know, I, I just say to the professors, I'm surprised that that this has obviously been something that's been going on in the town for ages, you know. I'm not surprised that they try to hide it, but I'm surprised that they've kind of destroyed it. So it kind of suggests that the barn was not the main thing, you know. Probably not, but they're also covering their tracks here too. It could be many of these little sites like this barn. Yeah. So shall we follow this trail up the hill? Oh yes. God, I hope there's not another one of those slug things. Sam, I, don't I, could, I don't know if I could take seeing another one of them damn things. Sam's loading up the pistols, the shotgun. Did you bring the flute with you by any chance? Mr. It's in the Ash. trunk. Okay. I don't have it with me right now. Okay. It, it, from what I understood, it was pretty big, so I didn't think it would be like easily stuck just in a knapsack or something to, to walk around with. But it would be nice to have some music as we go or walk. <laughs> I'll play a tune when we get back to camp. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, let, let's go. Carefully um, and quietly. <laughs> As you begin to make your way onto this trail, of course, the same thing about the, the plants being twisted and distorted and kind of dead right near the trail. Um, it winds into the woods and uh, heads kind of upward uh, towards a hill, which is kind of what you were looking for. But the trees are fairly tall at this spot. And as you make your way along this trail, uh, you notice once again there's something up ahead. You come into a clearing. There's a tall, maybe 10-foot-high stone. Looks black. There's rocks all over. There's little stones around it with uh, flat stones on top. And... You all feel really uneasy. You can all do power rolls. Does Sam kind of have a recollection of something from before with his dream? Well, it was different in your dream, but your mind was making stuff up. This, this definitely seems more real. I failed with a 98. I I also rolled a 98. Okay. Passed. Um those of you who failed uh you feel extremely uneasy. There's something really wrong here. And you also notice that there are no sounds. There are no insects. There are no birds. Uh the wind doesn't even seem to be blowing here. Um, those of you who passed, you're like, hey, what a great campsite. No, you're not. <laughs> you still feel freaked out. Good grief. Look at that stone. It's like it stands out unnaturally in the glen there. Yeah, I think we're kind of like out in the open here. I, you know, I really don't think we should be up here. Maybe we should go back down the hill, maybe back towards the car. Uh, it's probably about lunchtime, isn't it? Now, you can't see anything in any direction except the stone. Sam's <laughs> yeah, I'm still thinking we're way too out in the open. <laughs> and you're, you're about 20 feet away from it. 
Sam takes out both pistols and he's in high alert, having a look about, see if anybody's watching or whatever. Doesn't look like there's anybody anywhere around. If Sam draws pistols. I I, I suddenly pull the, the shotgun up. Take the pulling safety out, off. Pulling out camera, take start a uh, little portable brownie camera and starting to take photos. Okay. Sam poses for him. <laughs> Uh, do you guys go near it? Yeah, why not? <laughs> Hell no. And for a dime and for a dollar, let's go. Carefully. All right. Um, as you go near it, uh, I would like you to do a luck roll. Tom, I did stay kind of by a tree line. Okay. I did not want to walk into the open, flat part of that clearing. Same here, and the luck roll, uh, luck roll is good. I passed. Failed. Okay. Oh, Jeff, you failed. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're still presenting too, by the way. Yeah, just for the atmosphere, but yeah. Um. What you couldn't see with me going. <laughs> um, as you guys step forward, uh, you get more um, nervous with each step. Um, and as, as you go, Dr. Hisney, you, you take a step and you hear a metallic sort of click. And just as you hear that, something chomps down on your left foot. And uh, you uh, you scream. I've been bit. Um, it's a bear trap. Oh. So you scream and you fall on the ground and your foot is <laughs> caught in a bear trap. Uh, take uh, a 1d4 damage. And you're like, oh, shit, shit, shit. Uh, three points. Good. I was going to say one point just doesn't seem right for a bear trap. Three seems yeah. more right. Um, a mouse trap. Uh, yeah. you, try very, you, you immediately try very hard not to yell, but you did yelp when it happened. Mm -hmm. um, so you're there on the ground. What are the rest of you going to do? I jump down, put the guns down, and try and unhinge the thing off them. Okay. Um, how bear traps work is fairly simple. So with some strength, uh, do a strength roll. Why not? <laughs> Don't fail. Slip and snapshot on a second time. A fantastic success. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you managed to push it open and relock it. So uh, you get his foot out. Um uh, Dr. Hisney, I need you to uh, reduce uh, your dex roll from now on by half. Half, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, and you're going to be limping, so it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a okay. little difficult. Um, uh, do you guys proceed? I'll make sure he... Uh, 
you know, go over and maybe do a little first aid on him there to, in case he's like uh, bleeding profusely. Although if, unless, unless no. it's a spiked bear trap, it's uh, not the spiked. Okay. It's yeah. And then he's going to be bruised up pretty bad. Okay. Okay. Just make sure that it's, you know, no broken skin. If there's bleeding, try and staunch bleeding. Okay. But otherwise, um, you all notice of course that the foliage is damaged all the way around from where you're standing. Um, like, like the, the barn. Um, uh, but you also notice that uh, there are other traps set around. But now that you know there are traps, you can avoid them fairly easily. Um, just stick to solid ground and don't go walking through the bushes. Um, as you get closer to this thing, the ground is kind of sandy. Uh, it, it looks definitely like there are uh, these these little altars, if you will, around them, around this central stone, uh, that there are stains on them, brown, brown stains. Uh, would you, uh, what would you guys like to do? Continue to pho photograph while I'm, you know, keeping a sharp eye out for any anyone who may be coming up. Okay. I, I think Sam Sam's making a connection. You know the 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 rotting vegetation or twisted vegetation. There was the tomb. There was the the barn. I'm guessing that there's maybe something underneath. You know, if there's something in the ground or underneath the ground. So I'm going to have a look around the stones to see if there's any kind of gaps. Is there any kind of maybe caves or fissures or something underground? Um, hmm. As you're looking around, go ahead and do a spot hidden for me. Success. Okay. Um, you notice all around this obelisk, there are once again... Um, footprints, lots of them, uh, the same kind, some very human, some odd, and some boot prints. You see once again that cross-shaped heel. Uh, but as you're standing there, you look down, and you notice that there's something in the sand. Looks like it's buried, mostly buried, um, it's just barely sticking out, but the color of it looks a little odd. I poke around with a stick or something like that, shift it about. Okay. Um, there seems to be something small and and uh, made out of stone buried there. Uh, as you dig it out, you realize that it's one of those little statues that you saw in town. I draw the professor's attention to it. Is it just what? one? As I'm digging about, is it just the one that's there? Uh, you dig around a little bit more, you realize there are three that have been buried right near each other. Uh, you don't find any more than that. 
Um, everybody else do spot hiddens, except maybe Hisney, because I think you're nursing your ankle and you're <laughs> you're more like I want to go back. I knew we should have never left uh, <laughs> Albuquerque. Oh no, I'm full on revenge mode now. Well, I'm still sitting by the the edge of the the circle, but I but I rolled a fifty-eight. Yeah, which was a fail for me. Okay, so that's fail. a fail for you. Uh, okay, and for it also fail. All right, uh, Doctor Hisney, go ahead and do a spot hidden. Just you're sitting there now, but nursing your ankle. What are you guys looking at? Is this what you're trying to find? Pass. Yeah, forty-four. Um, you brush some dust, dirt away from the ground, and you realize that what you found is a pocket watch. Hmm. Still work? Um, well, it's scratched up. It looks like it might still work. And on the outside of it is are the initials DL. Looks like a nice watch, a fancy one, but expensive. So, sorry, just to clarify, you said it looks like it might work, so now we're just not working right now. Well, it's wound down, but uh, yeah, it looks, yeah, it looks like it still works. Okay. Um, the time that's on it is like uh, 7.15, so that's when it stopped running. Oh, oh, okay. Does it have a calendar date on it? No. You guys thinking the same thing I'm thinking? DLs, David Lane? Yep. Yep. Sure. Looks um, like this is where he met his uh, end. So we should all be definitely on high alert right here. We're going to need, need to make contact with the investigators and bring them up here. Try and do it on the low low too. I'll hand the watch to you since you have the uh, authority. All right. Why why don't we set off a couple of these bear traps with sticks and use them? Take them with us, and we can set our own traps if we're going to set up camp. That's a great idea. Yes, but if somebody comes up here to check them, they might they might uh, get suspicious. Uh, I still think we could steal one or two. As as long as Hisney doesn't go out to take a leak and get his other Just his tell other me where you done. put them and then we'll be fine. <laughs> All right. Maybe one or two. All right. Um, Everybody do one more spot hidden roll. Just before you leave pass pass hard pass Fail. Okay. sam sam as you're as you're kicking around now in the dirt and looking you'll also find a pair of spectacles that looks like dr godfrey's spectacles the ones that he used to wear um the obelisk itself, when you look at it, 
makes you feel very uneasy just to look at it. There are little pictograms all over it, um, but they make you feel very uneasy when you look at them. Um, so what's your next move? Say, Harlow, you might want to take some photographs close up of this stone. There's some weird, weird designs on them. Yeah, and take photographs with us with the uh, the glasses and the watch here at the site. And Sam, did you can... did you take those idols out? Yeah, look. I'll take yeah. pictures of those too. Do they really like look very consistently the same, or yes, does each one they don't each look a little different from each other? Oh, they look a little different from one another, but they look like the ones that you've seen in the shop. They're different because they're hand carved or hand right. created. Correct. Okay. Correct. Okay. So, professors, what do you think these are? Are they uh, a talisman of protection, or is it like an offering to something? I, I'm worried that they had something to do with, uh, you know, the boy and Godfrey and Lane, you know, being killed potentially here. Well, considering there's a supply of them, that might be uh, some kind of uh, hazard, I guess, because. From my little knowledge I have, but it could be some kind of component to something, to a ritual. Hmm. Since there's multiple uh, statues and such, and that they're, and it might, might not also, and it might also be that they're not intrinsically uh, worth anything except for the rituals. That's why they were willing to sell them. So, do you think I should leave these ones here or bring them? Does it matter? They've already seen the ones that uh, Lane got that we brought with them with us. Yeah. Um, so we have a record of, of these statues. If you really need to look at one close, I've still got the one I've been carrying around in my bag, too. Okay. I just throw them back in the sand then and pat them down. Okay. I'm ready to move on if you guys are. Where are you going next? Are you going back to your camp? Or what? I think we headed up here to see if we could see a vantage of the town. Did we? Yeah, yeah you can't. Find a vantage point. Okay. There doesn't seem to be one. The, the, the trees are too big. Okay. okay. Were, were there any areas or other areas around the town that we could get a potential vantage? Hmm. The church tower. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um. You know, because of the woods on, on the hills, I mean, there's some hills that are taller than the town where theoretically you could look down on the town, but you'd have to climb, you'd have to get up there somehow and then climb up in the tree and, and look down. The trees don't look that easy to climb. They're pretty much poles, mm, you okay. know, there's no branches or anything this low down. And we um, didn't bring it. None of us are lumberjacks. So we don't know how to climb them with gaps. Right. Um, but, you know, maybe you could find something. You'll have to wander around for hours to see if you can find something. Well, you guys willing to look around, maybe see if we can run into some more standing <clears throat> stones along the way? I think it might just be more of the same. This, this might be a little bit Boy Scout, but I'm wondering if this is a key point. We've just found the professor's glasses. We've just found David Lane's watch, right? Could we maybe um, make somewhere 
just cut down some of the foliage or branches and try and make somewhere that we could maybe come back to and, and duck in if, if there's something going on later on. That's not a bad idea. Also, maybe um, when we do run out to, out to the car, maybe bring uh, some kerosene with us. Uh, because what I'm thinking is if we're going to hit them where it hurts, this is a prime location. Well, why don't we stash some kerosene? Why don't we cut down some branches and just kind of set up a little um, hideaway and uh, put some stuff here for later if we're back up here later on? at some point that sounds good uh, and then if we can try and get the investigators to come up this way to have a look for themselves show them that you know we're finding some evidence that they're up to some kind of weird stuff and then uh hopefully before we have to blow this thing up because i'm thinking i'm we blow this thing up get hit them hard they've already got two of our people more or less yep not to mention all the children. Time to get some vengeance. I agree. So would your next spot be to go back to camp and prepare all this or? Um, yeah. Yeah. Right. If we if we can't do it with what we've got, yeah. Well then yeah, that's but... that's kind of where we'll leave it then. So we'll we'll say you go back to camp just to plan what you're going to do next, and that's where we'll pick it up next week. Does that sound good? Yep. Okay. Right. I think you guys did really good. <clears throat> Before we finish, I'd like to mention something. Um, one of our players, uh, Vasil Kizhniak, uh, who is uh, uh, from the Ukraine, uh, sent me a postcard. That's what it looks like. I don't know if you can see that really well. Uh, it is of the... Uh, uh, Zoloti Vorota, which is uh, the Golden Gate, it was the gate that led into Kiev, uh, was originally uh, it's about a thousand years old. Uh, it uh, eventually fell down, but they've rebuilt it. And uh, the, the card itself is kind of beat up. I mean, it traveled uh, 6,280 miles to get here, but that's pretty amazing. I like getting stuff like that. That's awesome. <laughs> Really awesome. Cool. Uh, and the, how long did it take? All here, it's like Merry Christmas. So <laughs> I think it took quite a while to get here from there. Uh, so let's see. Um, our players. Where is my thing? Our players included Ken Trench, Jeff Wilkins, Ford Fitch, and Fred Carter with yours truly as a keeper of the secrets. Um, yesterday, I posted a video asking for support, and we got a lot of responses. Uh, we have new patrons. Uh, one of our own players, Lauren Eason, has pledged $15 a month. Uh, we also have Luke Openshaw and Gilbert, with no last name, uh, who pledged $3. Uh, in addition, we have three of our current patrons who have increased their pledges. Andrew Osman has increased his pledge from $5 to $10. Uh, Gregory Larson went from 5 to 7 and uh, Edward Elliott has increased his pledge from three to five. Guys, thank you so much. We couldn't have done it without you. Thanks, everybody. Well done. 
Uh, if you'd like to become Thank a patron, you. visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar or two a month will help us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel. And punch that bell icon for uh, updates on our latest episodes. And leave us some comments. We love hearing from you. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of HP Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming.